to the City View Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. My name is Jeremiah. I'm the pastor here at City View Church, and good morning. And I want to tell you a story. It comes out of 1 Kings chapter 17, and I'm going to give you a little back into this story. It's, it's how I think what happened before we get to the part of Kings where we're going to be in a bit. So there's a mom, and she woke up that morning, and she went to her cupboards, and she opened them hoping that somehow in the middle of the night that the food multiplied. But as she opened those cabinet doors, she realized she still only has one jar of flour and one little bit of oil left. She had been watching her son grow weaker and weaker as the days were getting longer and longer and the famine continued to hit the land of that part of the country so hard. And her son woke up and he said, Mommy, what are you doing? And she said, Honey, I'm getting ready to go make breakfast. He said, Mommy, can I help? And she said, No, son, why don't you just stay there in bed and I will go prepare breakfast for us. As she walked out of the house that day, she knew that there were not many days left for her son to live. There had been many days where she had gone without food just to feed him the little bit she had. She had sacrificed so much. She had cried out to every single God she could think possible to answer her prayers, and nothing happened. So she went out that morning knowing that soon her son would die. And everything in her, she thought, who can I trust with the little bit that I have? Who can I trust? And is anybody going to save us? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for this morning. God, I'm sure many of us, we have come in, Lord, with burdens and cares and worries and wondering who can I trust and who can I give my life and, and who, can I, who can I rely upon, Lord? It seems like everybody lets me down. It seems like everybody is failing. God, we all have come to that place in life, just like that woman. Lord, I pray that this morning we'd realize we can trust in you, that we can rely upon you, Lord, that we can commit our way and our life to you. Lord, I ask, God, that you'd speak to us, encourage us, and help us to walk a walk, Lord, that you've called us to. Lord, for those of us who are wondering and we're wandering in life, we're, we're really debating on this, any kind of journey that we're on. We, we, we don't believe in you, but we're willing to come to church and take a step. Lord, I, God, I pray that we would realize you are real today. God, I thank you that there are churches all over the valley, Lord, that you're using, Lord, today. God, I ask that you'd speak through your people. Speak through Ashley over at CCV. Lord, speak through Brian over at Valley Life Tremano. Lord, th speak through Preston over at Gateway. Mark over at Calvary. Speak to, through me, Lord, today at, C at City View. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Well, hey, welcome to City View Church. We are continuing our series titled Soul Cycle this morning. Over the past two weeks, we've been looking at this cycle of the soul, and I don't know about you, but, but my soul can struggle sometimes, and my, the inner me, when I'm talking about the soul, I'm talking about that, the inner me, that, that person that struggles, that, that really is looking and trying to figure out, and, and th that person that, 
really nobody can see and you really can't touch and you, you really, it's hard to understand, but there's that something inside you that struggles with life. And, and as we've been looking at this soul cycle, we, we're looking at Psalm 37 and the first thing we looked at two weeks ago was the importance of trusting in God. And the next part is as we trust in God, we can delight. We are to delight in Him and to delight in Him means to make this purposeful choice no matter what is going on in life that we're going to say, God, I'm going to find delight in this because I know you've got something planned. And then as we find delight in God, today we're going to be looking at how do we commit our way to him? Committing our way to him. If you have your Bibles or if you have the Version Bible app or if you want to download the CityView app, there's so many different ways or you can read it up behind me. But we're going to be looking through Psalm 37 verses 1 through 6 this morning and it says this. Do not fret because of evildoers. Be not envious towards wrongdoers, for they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord. No, sorry. Delight yourself. Yeah, there it is. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. So what does it mean to commit to the Lord? To make a commitment. It, it's not the idea of making a reservation, saying, like, I'm committing to come to this part. It's not that kind of a commitment. But the idea of commitment is to trust. To trust in. Commit holds the idea of rolling one's burdens and one's cares entirely onto the Lord to trust only in him and in, his, and in what he has planned. That's the idea of commit. To commit means to put everything on, to fully trust. That's what commit means. It says, and so it, it says in that psalm, Psalm um, 37, verse 5, says, commit your way. Way means your life. Commit your life to the Lord. Roll your entire life onto God. That, that's what this is talking about here in verse uh, 5 of Psalm 37. But why is it so hard for us to give our burdens, to trust God with our life? Why is it so hard for us to ask for help? Why is it so difficult for us to admit we can't? Is anybody else like me? Like there are times in life where I just don't want to admit I can't. I just don't want to ask for help. I just don't want to really give anybody my burdens. You know, some of us, we like to trust God with our eternal life. We like to know we're going to heaven. But it's hard to trust God with our day-to-day life. Knowing that he's got my tomorrow and he's holding my today. And that's the hard part. You see, we're willing to commit some things to him, but it depends if we think we can do it without him or not. If I could get Austin, if you'd come up here real quick and help me out. I'm going to give Austin his burdens for today. It's heavy. I don't know how you want it. You can carry it however you want to carry your burdens. You got your burdens? You're going to carry those for a minute. Those are heavy there. But you see, we, we all have these burdens, Last week, we talked about um, delight, delighting in God, and how we have to make a deliberate choice to delight. How we have to make a decision. You know what? I know life isn't going good. I can either be down in the dumps, choose depression, choose that sadness, or I can say, okay, God, you've got something else in this. I, I, we, I can look and see, okay, God, you've got something planned, and, and it doesn't mean you're going to walk around and be like, yay, life is great. No, it's okay that life really stinks sometimes, because it does. 
Life really does stink, but it's how you look at it. Paul, last week as we were looking at, at um, Acts chapter 16, Paul was thrown in prison, yet he still sang because he chose to delight in God. So delighting in God is a choice, but so is committing. Committing is rolling our life onto God. You know, you see, we've got different burdens. I'm going to grab a couple of your burdens off of you right now. You know, we've got this burden like, okay, here's one. What is my purpose in life? We can carry this burden. We can think, okay, God, what do you want? And, and so many of us, what we do with this burden is we just struggle with it instead of saying, God, what is it you want with it? God, what is it? And we, we don't pursue. We're waiting for God to do something. Okay, God, what's my purpose in life? What should I do? And we just sort of sit and we wait like God is going to drop it from heaven and it's going to land on our head and we're like, oh, I'm supposed to be a mechanic. Well, if you don't like cars, you're probably not supposed to be a mechanic. If you like cars, maybe you are. I don't know. I don't know. I hate cars, so that's why I'm not called to be a mechanic. We look going, God, what's my purpose in life? You see, in life we carry these burdens. Austin, how do you like those burdens? It's heavy, right? You want to carry it longer? You see, in life we have to make a choice. Austin, will you start? You can, you can make a choice where you can either carry those burdens the rest of the morning, the rest of your life, or you can unload them into the wagon. What do you want to do? Okay, unload them in your, okay, let's unload them into the wagon. Austin, why don't you unload them, hand me one by time, one by one. I'm, I'm going to read to you guys these burdens because I think we all can relate to these. So we've got this burden of, are my kids going to make it? You know, some of your parents in here, and you have kids, and you've wondered, is my kid going to make it through first grade? Is my kid going to make it to fifth grade? Is my kid going to make it through high school? Is my kid going to make it, period, and they're 37 years old? You laugh. But I know some of you parents out there, that's where you're at. Are my kids going to make it? And you carry this burden. And you carry this worry. And it's there on your back. So we got that burden. You got the burden of, how will I pay off my debt? And we carry this burden of finances and this burden of worries. Will my marriage work out? There's so many people that have carried this burden. They're wondering, is it going to work? God, are we going to make it? And we have this burden. And then we have this one. Man, I know a couple that I've prayed and I prayed with for years. They ask, when are we ever going to have kids? Guess what? They're having their kids soon. I did their wedding. How many years ago did I do their wedding? Five years? They prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and this was a burden that they carried and they carried and they carried. And God blessed them with kids. You see, some of you, you sleep in the same bed with your spouse and you're pregnant. You don't know that burden or that worry. But there's some people, it's their biggest burden. So you got that one. <clears throat> how will I pay my bills? Not only debt, but how am I going to pay my phone bill tomorrow? You got that burden. You got your burden of who will I marry? Man, I had this burden from the moment I could think a girl was pretty. From the moment I realized there was an opposite sex of me, I was like, when am I going to get married? I, man, I can tell you this, man, high school, I was like always in love. College, I was in love. And then I fell in love with my wife and we got married. But this was a heavy burden. I get it. Those of you who are like, when am I going to get married? I get this burden. And it was one day when I was finally, I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not going to look anymore. And then I finally found Larry. Or God, she found me. Who knows? We found each other. Will I get that job? 
I going to get that job that I so need and I so want? Is that it? That's all of my burdens? That's all of them? I thought I had a few. Oh, there's more. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, I didn't want you to shorten your burdens. Thank you. This is a good one. Why do I feel so alone? Any of you ever carry this burden? It's amazing. You can be married. You can have kids. You can have friends. But you can feel all alone. Are you willing to give that over to God? What kind of job will I get? Not only are you saying, God, am I going to get this job? But you're going, but God, what kind of job will I get? Because I need, I just need something. You can put that in there. And then maybe there's the one of, what will the doctor say? You see, there's the point where we have to acknowledge our burden. And then we have to take off the burden. But then there's the commit your way to the Lord. Commit means you have to roll your burden onto God. You see, God doesn't want to be your last resort. He wants to be your first response. So, Austin, you have a choice. You can, now, this is easier. This is so much easier. This is easier now, isn't it? But do you want to tow that around all day for the rest of your life? Why? I mean, it's easier, though. I mean, it's not on your back. It's not in your arms. You, you have at least one arm free each and every day. Why don't you want this? It's still heavy. So Austin, and like all of you, you have a choice to make. Okay, I've unloaded my burden. I'm not carrying it now, but you still have to tow it. So you have to choose, am I going to roll it onto God or am I going to keep it to myself? Austin, you have that choice. You can either roll it on, not, not that I'm God, but I'll be God for a minute. You can either roll it to me and I'll take care of it, and then you can have my light burden. I'll trade you burdens. Or you can keep that one. Okay. You got to give it to me, though. You can't leave it there. Roll it. You see, commit is this. And then commit takes this. Thank you so much, Austin. Appreciate it. But why is it so hard? No, you can leave that here because I'm going to, I got more I got to do with that. Why is it so hard for us to trust God? I thought about this for myself. One of the reasons, I think, because we can't see what he's doing. Any of you struggle with that? You're like, okay, God, it's hard for me to trust because I can't actually see what you're doing. Any of you in that moment? Maybe you can't trust God because we can't feel him moving. You you know, Christians, we say some weird things. This is one of them. We can feel God moving. That's, I get it. There's weird things we do. I say it, and sometimes my counselor's like, what do you mean God speaks to you? And I told a friend of mine, I go, so he says this. He goes, well, he's making sure you're not crazy. Okay. So, and I say, well, like through his word. He's like, okay, my counsel will say that. But have you ever felt like, God, you're not moving? I can't see you doing anything in my life right now. Maybe we feel like he's led us down in the past. Any of you ever feel like that? You can't trust him because of you last time you tried to trust him with this, it, nothing happened. Maybe we feel like we can handle it on our own. Any of you, when it comes to trusting God, you're like, I'm, I got this, God. It's It's okay. I don't want to burden you with my burdens. Maybe we don't see how he can even help in this situation. And you've ever been in that where you feel like the situation is too big or too small to really give it to God? 
the other day, yesterday, my son was had his last game. It was, it was a playoff game. If he would have won it, they would have gone to the championship this next weekend. And I was, my wife and I, we were praying. We just, we sort of really wanted football season to be over. To be totally, completely, uh, like, open. I just was done. But I really wanted my son to beat this team because they're nasty. This, to, tell, to tell you a little about this team, the police got called on this team yesterday. Okay? Two police cars, two police SUVs pulled up because the fans were going crazy. It's like those teams that you see on the news where one fan kills another fan. Parents, like, you know, uh, that's the team we played. So there's part of us that are like, God, let us beat them just to beat them. Just to, do you know that prayer? I was telling a friend of mine, I was like, but does God even care? You ever have those kind of prayers like, God, do you even care? And that sometimes could be why we have a hard time trusting in God because we feel like, God, do you even care? I'm sure that there are many other reasons. And here's where many of us, when it comes to our soul cycle, where we, we fall. You know, we trust God with our salvation. Maybe we can delight, we can find joy in the things. But when it comes to committing, when it comes to really rolling our burdens onto him, that's where it's hard. Or when it comes to actually taking those and saying, okay, God, here, it's yours. It's yours. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says this, cast all of your anxiety, all of your cares on him because he cares for you. Back to that, wo- that woman. The story that I shared with you earlier. You see, that woman, I'm sure as she got up that morning and went out to prepare the last meal, how many of you have ever been out in a really bad mood and you see those people with the really big smiles? And you're out there and your heart is torn up. You know that there's nothing good coming. And all of a sudden you see that super smiley person and they're like, hey, how are you? And you're like, I'm okay. They're like, hey, it's going to get better. God is good. And you're supposed to be like, good all the time. And they're like, all the time. You're like, God is good. You're like, you're a jerk and I don't like you. Go away. I wish you'd die. You know, you have all those thoughts that go on your interview. Or am I the only one that thinks bad thoughts when people are way too smiley in the morning? It's okay if I'm the only one, because I'll, I'll take that, because sometimes I'm like, bring it down. And I wonder if as she walked out, she, as people were saying, good morning, and she's like, if you only knew that today is our last meal. If you only knew today as I prepare it, I'm going to watch my son die this week. I wonder if how many people knew that today was the worst day of her life because she knew she's going to dump out every bit of food she had left see, nobody knew. What if God is waiting for us to roll our burden onto him so that he can roll a blessing onto us? You ever think of that? Because what is going to happen is she is going to be asked to do a huge thing, to roll something onto God, where she's going to have to trust that he's got something coming back onto her. What if God is waiting for you to roll your burden onto him so that he can roll a blessing back onto you? What if? You'll never know until you actually roll it. You'll never know until you actually hand it over. You'll never know until you actually say, okay, God, it's yours. And God says, it's about time because I've had this to give you the whole time. Let's look back at the story. So 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, to Elijah, saying. So here's Elijah. Elijah is a prophet in the land of Israel. And Elijah is a man who just proclaimed over this whole region that there would be no rain for years. 
So Elijah just made this proclamation. So during this time, there's a famine in the land. There's no rain. The, 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 the earth is drying up. It's a terrible time to live. And Elijah is there. And he says, arise and go to Zarephath. And so where Elijah has been, he's been by this creek. And each and every day, as he would wait for his food, God would bring him food by a crow. And this bird would fly by, drop off in and out. Or whatever, I don't really know. He ate like bread, and somehow this bird would carry it, and it would drop it down, and he would eat it. And each and every day, as the famine would go, as rain wouldn't come, he watched the creek dry up. How many of you have ever watched that happen in your accounts? How many of you have ever watched that in your hope? How many of you have ever watched that in your life? How many of you have ever watched your hope dry up day after day? Any of you ever been there? So that's what he's watching. He's watching his hope dry up. And then God says, hey, I want you to go to Zarephath. Zarephath is where his enemy lives. Zarephath is enemy territory. Zarephath is not where the people of Israel are supposed to go. God says, I want you to go there, which belongs to Sidon, and stay there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to provide food for you. You see, God already knew that there's this woman in this land that had a heart that would obey him. God already knew that. This woman had no idea that on this morning when she's getting ready to prepare the last meal that God was moving 100 miles away. See, you may not know this and you may not believe it, but God is already moving in your life. You just can't see it yet. You just can't see it yet. He's got something going. And he had, she had no idea when she woke up that morning, looked at her cupboards and realized they were bare that God was moving 100 miles away. That God had laid it on Elijah's heart to go. So it says, verse 10. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. You see, when God told Elijah, you're going to go and you're going to meet a widow who's going to feed you. In Elijah's mind, his first thought was, I hope she's a rich widow. I hope she's got money because why would I go to a widow who's poor? How can I, being a man, go to a woman who has nothing? So as he walks into the city and he sees this widow and he sees her picking up sticks, he realizes, wait, God, she doesn't even have enough wood in her house to prepare a fire and you want me to ask her for food. You want me to ask her for help. God, you want me to go to her. You want me to go to her and ask her, God, she doesn't even have enough wood in her house to prepare prepare food for whoever she's preparing it for. She's gathering sticks. Have you ever been in line at the grocery store and that person in front of you is putting back things, items, because they don't have enough money for the things that they have? Have you ever been in line? Have you ever watched that happen? And everything inside you, you want to just buy it all, don't you? But you're going, I've been there too. So that's what Elijah sees in this moment. He sees a person that has just bought only 20 things at the grocery store, and they're taking back one after one, and they're putting them back going, okay, how much is it now? And they're like, okay, it's still $22.75. You're like, okay, I can't. And then they're deciding what they can't. And so here, here's the, rest, here's the story. She was gathering her sticks, and he called her, and he said, hey, woman, please, will you get me a little drink of water in a jar? I think in this moment, he was like, oh, God. He goes, I need a minute. He goes, hey, can you get me a drink? She goes off. He goes, God, you're crazy. 
You want me to ask her for food? God, she doesn't even have enough for herself. You want me to do this? And he's having that, bo- that battle with God. Have you ever done that? That battle with God where it's in your mind, but it's not in your words? And she's going, God, he's going, God, you're crazy. God, you're crazy. I'm not going to ask her for food. I can't. She comes back with the jar. He goes, hey, uh, can you get me breakfast too? He goes, I cannot believe I just said that. God, you're stupid. God, you're stupid. God, you, I cannot believe you're asking me. God, how, do you see how poor she is? Any of you ever been there? Where you cannot see the reason or any goodness from God in that moment? You feel like God is asking you the craziest thing. It's like God is speaking some crazy language and you just have no, any of you ever been there? That's what's happening in this moment. In his mind, we, I don't know this, but Elijah, it says in the Bible, Jesus says, Elijah was a man just like you and me. It says that he was just like us. That means he battled with the same things when God asked you to do a crazy thing. So he's got this crazy moment. And as she comes, and this is in verse 11, as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. Verse 12, but she said, as your God lives, because he wasn't her God. As your God lives, she says, I have no bread. I only have a handful of flour and a bowl and a little oil in a jar. And behold, I am gathering a few sticks that I may go in and prepare for me and my son that we may eat it and die. Oh, my gosh. You see, Elijah in this moment is having to say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. You see, that commitment, that I'm committing my way to the Lord, it's just as much on Elijah asking big as it is on this woman in this moment. Elijah's having to say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you in this. I'm going to give you this. I remember there's a story of a woman that comes here to City View, and she gave God her last 20 or 40 bucks. Can't remember what it was. She put it in the offering basket. She's like, God, I don't have anything left. Guess what happened? Soon after that, somebody gave her a $50 bill. Her name is Nancy. She's right here. She says, God, I don't have anything left, but here you go. I got this. I'm going to commit it to you. Elijah had to ask big. He's like, okay, God, I have no idea how you're going to provide for me from a widow who has nothing and she's getting ready to die. But, God, I'm going to trust you. So he gives it to God. And this woman says, I don't have anything. I'm getting ready to die. I have enough to make my son and I a piece of bread. And he says to her, verse 13, he meets her right where she is, and he says, don't fear. Because that's what she woke up in that morning. She woke up in fear. That's what happened to her that day. She woke up in fear. As she was picking up each stick, the sticks were in fear. She goes, I'm going to die and my son's going to die. I hope we don't. But he'll probably die in my arms. That's the burden she's carrying this morning. He says, do not fear. Go as you have said, but make me a little bread cake from it first and bring it out to me. And afterwards, you may make one for yourself and for your son. For thus the Lord God of Israel has said, The bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, nor shall the jar of oil be empty, until the day of the Lord sends rain on the face of the earth. So she went and did according to the word of Elijah. So Elijah has this big ask, and he says, But don't fear, God's going to provide. So she had to say, Okay. I trust you. And she had to roll her burden onto God. 
She had to say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you in this. And I don't even know you, God. I, I don't even know who you are. I've never been with you. I, I don't know anything about you. I'm from a different country. But this guy says you're real, so I'm going to believe you. And this guy says you've got this, so I'm going to believe you. And he says not to fear. And she makes this commitment to God in this moment. So she went and she did according to the word of Elijah. Can you imagine this? Committing your way to God doesn't always make sense. It doesn't mean it's going to be in a straight line. Committing your way to God means you're rolling your cares and your burdens on him, knowing that he can hold them. She committed, and many of us, we don't want to commit our way to God because we feel like, God, is it too heavy for you? But here's the thing. God doesn't bend under the pressure of your worries. God doesn't bend under the pressure of your worries. He's got you. So she trusted this random guy, and what happens next is exactly what he said. It says in Psalm 37, verse 6, he will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. So for the next, we don't know how long, for the next two years, three years during the famine, she would dump out that little thing, that that jar of of flour. She'd have to commit each and every day she made that. She's like, okay, God, this is the last bit of flour I, I have left. And God's like, you said that yesterday. She's like, yeah, but God, I don't know if you're going to be the same. Any of you ever been there? God, I know you did it yesterday, but can you do it again? So she dumped that flower out, and all of a sudden she tips it back, and it fills right back up. She dumps out that oil, and she tips it back up, and it fills right back up. See, her commitment to God was a daily thing. Our trust in God should be apparent. When it comes to us committing and us trusting in God, it should be apparent. People should see it in your life. Our trust in God is not dependent only on receiving. Trusting God is not dependent on only us getting what we we think and what we need. You see, Jesus trusted God and he still died. He still died. Trusting in God is not based on time. It's not based on God being on time with how we think time should be. You see, Jesus' enemies, they thought they got Jesus when Jesus died on the cross. They thought, look at that. You're wrong. Look at that, Jesus. Everything you said, you put your trust in God. Look at that. You still died. You still died, Jesus. And so they thought they could mock God in that moment. They thought they could ridicule God in that moment. They thought they won. But you see, God, you, our trust in God is not based on time. It's based on him. What happened three days later? Jesus rose again from the dead. He conquered death. You see, we're looking for God to answer today or maybe answer tomorrow, but sometimes it takes years and years and years for God to answer. Some answered prayers don't happen until after we die. Some answered prayers are actually that we are in heaven and no longer battling here on earth. Trusting in God doesn't always make sense. And as I looked at this, I was thinking, okay, how, how can I do this? What, what is it? What are the steps that I go through? You know, we carry these burdens and these bricks. You see, for us to actually 
trust God, it, it takes a few steps. Brittany's going to help me today. She's going to be God for me this morning. You see, the first thing we do is we have to make a conscious choice. What am I going to do with the burden that I have? What am I going to do with this burden? We have to make a choice. What am I going to do with it? And then we have to then take action. Am I willing to hand it over to God or not? You see, I can, I can know that this is my burden. I can identify my burden. And many of us, we've identified our burden. We've said, okay, God, here's my burden. God, here's my burden. But then it, we must take action and say, okay, God, but here's my burden. But how many of us, have you ever handed God your burden? You say, okay, God, wait a minute. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it back. God, I'm going to try to handle it this time. And then we're like, okay, God, okay, God, you, you can have it again. We're like, okay, no, and we take it back. You see, so not only do we have to make a conscious choice saying, okay, identify my burden, and not only do we have to take action handing it to God, but then we have to turn and walk away, followed by letting it go and trusting in God. And the fourth step is repeat steps one, two, and three. My counselor said this, Jeremiah. He said, remember this, I can't. God can, so I will let him. I can't tell you how many times I say that in a week. No matter what burden, no matter what worry, no matter what carry I have, or worry I have, I, I say this. It's a mantra to me. It's something that, that gets me through different days and different moments. And I want you to say it with me. Say, I can't, God can, so I will let him. Say it like you believe it. Because here's the thing, with that kind of wording and how you guys just said it, that's you going like this. Okay, God, but I'm going to take it this time. Say it with me. I can't. God can. So I will let him. Say it with me. God, I can't. God can. So I will let him. Believe it when you say it. Say it with me with power. I can't. Committing our way to God doesn't always make sense to us. But God doesn't ask us to understand it. He just asks us to let it go. He just asks us to open our hands and to walk away. Lord, you know where we're at. God, I pray that we would take that, our burdens and our worries and our cares and we would just lay them on you. Commit them to you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. For up-to-date series information, find us on social media at CityViewPHX or go to cityviewphx.com.